What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of She Your Day with Kittens. I'm Kittens, and today I've got my friend Hina on with me. Hina's everything. They're so funny and so smart and just like honestly one of my favorite people that I've met in the last few years. I actually came across them on TikTok and I feel like I've said that a few times, but I've I've made some good friends on social media, so whatever. But anyways, came across their content, thought they were super witty and intelligent and funny. And we just ended up getting along. So Hina's a content creator and a writer, and they're super talented and super smart and super funny. And I just adore them. So we are going to get into all kinds of stuff around representation in media because they make all these like little bits on TikTok and like their content that is so funny and smart and well-written. And it's like what I wish we had as far as representation of lesbians and lesbian culture and media. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about dating stuff and astrology and the super blue moon that we just had and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to start right now. But before we do, make sure you like and subscribe and follow and come find me on Instagram at sheherday and at IamKittens. And um, check out the website because on there, we've got a mailing list and the playlist is linked which is on Spotify, but the playlist is linked on the website too. I just updated it. There's tons of amazing new music and you can find all that on the website at sheherthey.com. And yeah, let's get into today's episode with Hina. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good now that we got (laughs) our tech under control. Let me just like quadruple check. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Gorgeous. We can go beautiful okay hair ready face ready face card never declined let's go fucking hell that was chaotic honestly this is what I get for telling girls on the first date that I work in tech because I don't explain what I do for a living it really put it to the test today because I really actually say you work in tech well girl what sounds worse I work in I work I'm a TikTok content creator or I work in tech like if some if you're like oh I work in tech people don't ask questions you're like I'm cool and that's the end of that more questions no um people are like that's that's a that's a dumb job it's like it's stem like we don't we don't know anything about that so like they just won't ask any questions oh my god and then later when it comes out that you like create content what's what's the well response? technically i do work in tech because yeah i am working on a tech platform <laughs> yeah you're engaging with tech. i'm engaging with tech daily so i'm like yeah. i am working with in mm. in a tech it's not a lie um usually after um maybe the second date they're like so tell me more about your job and then i go well i make videos and then, like, every date, you just get, like, one more piece of information. <laughs> it's like, just I... Crumbs. They're getting yeah. crumbs. <laughs> my job is, like, my biggest mystery. <laughs> That's... The gag, the gag though, is they could literally just... Yeah, do Google me. <laughs> like, be, be a good gay and do a full entire lurk prior to date number one. 100%. Like, yeah. I just realized we, like, jumped into everything without doing, like, a little intro. Oh. So... 
in case Hi anyone this <laughs> you like jump in we're like where are we um this in. can you introduce yourself your name what you do and pronouns um yeah hi my name is Hina I work in tech and uh, my pronouns are they them um in seriousness I make content about being a lesbian and just poking fun at our silly little community um and hopefully spreading queer joy in the process also if you hear my neighbor playing piano in the background um just let that be like yeah just let it be like the you know background music the ambiance yeah yeah it's really good um love him a gay couple lives next door to me and it's everything to me i'm like what's in the lgbt complex oh my god is your whole is your whole neighborhood just like magically queer well i there is a lesbian that walks her little coco dog you know what i mean like the little fluffy white dogs um she walks her little cocoa dog down the street and like she's definitely a lesbian like there is no doubt in my mind that that's a lesbian it's like the hair it's the outfit it's the jorts like i'm like that's a lesbian oh, like like full grown like butch full, dyke vibes? yeah butch dyke or like but like a butch dyke in like her like late 20s that walks her cocoa yeah but she's like fully in her like dykey dyke little behavior I and yeah, the first day that I ever lived here, I took I was up early for whatever reason. I was taking my dog out for a walk, and we kind of like mm-hmm. just had a standoff in the street. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm, "So are you the neighborhood lesbian? Because I'm here now too." Oh my god, you get in a battle. You get in a yeah, a turf war. <laughs> I don't think there's any like notable gays in my building. Which, or if they are, they're like hermit gays that you just don't see. Yeah, you know. I feel like. There's a lot more hermit gays, especially lesbians. I feel like lesbians are like cicadas, and I've always said this. They come out once every 17 years, and when they come out, they're screaming. Like, that's just who we are as a species. And so, Not the fucking cicada. We are cicadas. Like, that's, oh I'm getting God. a chest piece of a cicada in honor of my community. But um, honestly, <laughs> like... It's so crazy because every time at Pride, it's like there's lesbians everywhere. Every woman is just making out with other girly cops. Yeah. And I'm like, where have you been this whole time? All and year. All yeah. year long. And then you come out during this one month and then never to be seen again. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's I mean, incredible. Honestly, that's why it's so fascinating that there's this whole, like, lesbian bar just decline in general. Mm-hmm. Like, where do lesbians go? Where do we meet the lesbians? And why aren't there more lesbian bars? Because, babe, no one goes out. No like, one does. You have to get the private dinner party invite. Yes. You have to get the movie night invite. You have to get the, mm-hmm. like, pottery night invite. <laughs> the pottery no. night invite. <laughs> the, yeah. the coveted, coveted invites. They are. And, like, that's, that's how I meet lesbians. It's like, come over for, like, a game night. And I'm like, period. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. Come to a dinner party. Yeah. I don't know a single lesbian these days that's like, hey, Leho? Question mark. I'm like, first of all, if I was invited, I'd probably scream. No, Um, immediately. In fear. Yeah. I will do an (laughs) annual, like, camp gag of a visit to Weho where I'm like, let's do the Abbey and then run away scared and remember why we don't do this. Yeah. And then we can laugh about it for a year. It's called, you know, growth. It's called reflection. And sometimes you have to regress to progress. That's, that's, you know, that's it's like, I feel like the opposite with like the, um, with the, the WeHo in general, where it's like, you know, you don't know you miss something until 
you like lose it or whatever. For me, I don't know. I hate it until I go back. Yeah, it's like you have to taste a really foul food once in a while. Just be like, yes, despise this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you still check check in. You have to check. Yeah. Because you're like, where am I now? It's kind of like a self check in. You're like, you know, it's like when you go to the doctor, you're like, am I still fine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what's crazy? I used to love WeHo like growing up. It used to either it used to be better. Mm -hmm. Or I was so young that I was just like, give me anything day. And I was well, just from like, your mm-hmm. stories that you've told me, I think it used to be a lot more lesbian. Yeah. Whereas now it's like just gay men. And like, obviously, I'm an ally, like, love, love them. But it's like, girl, like, I'm not here to be besties with everyone in WeHo. I'm here because I want to see cute girls. That's why yeah. I'm here. And be, and be with my people. And be with my people. But yeah. it's funny because there's like this new bar that opened and like I went the other day. It's like in um, Echo Park, so we're like um, the Ruby, Ruby Room. Yeah. yeah. And it's I haven't like, been yet, but Ash just went and I've heard yeah. much about it. For me, I feel like the clientele is so random. It's like, it's like, it's it's mostly lesbians, which is super exciting. But it's like lesbians who just turned twenty one, and then lesbians oh. in their forties. Like it, there's no real in between. So every time I go there, I feel like I'm just kind of in this like liminal space of age where I'm like, who do I talk to? The forty year olds or the twenty year olds? Because I'm like, well, you know, the twenty year olds are coming out because they're just like, give me anything gay to do, and I'll take right. it. And then uh-huh. the forty year olds are like, this we waited monthly. <laughs> Fine, right good, I'll take it right and then like our generation us in the middle are yeah. just like I want a full experience I want like, an entire yeah. experience exactly yeah. I want to have like I want to feel like there's even oh my god imagine having like a location switch like you start there and you go to another gay place like why the can't crawl. we have yeah the crawl there's no lesbian yeah. crawl no no and we've been so de- like delusional all these years thinking that WeHo was lesbian but really it's not and the L comes before the G and the LGBT and sometimes we have to put ourselves first and just go home and just (laughs) have a little game night that's what I'm saying and then that's why we play board games yeah we need that level of stimulation and we're We're bored yeah yeah we're not getting it we're not getting Exactly. Speaking of lesbian activities, yeah. did you watch the lesbian Super Bowl last night, aka the Super Blue Moon? Um, I did actually. I even took out a telescope. So you have a telescope? No, my friend has a telescope. Um, I literally felt like Galileo. I was like, "This is, this is it. This is it for me." Aristophanes. Yeah. <laughs> Aristophanes. <laughs> I was thinking of Aristophanes from Plato's Symposium. And Got then, it. yeah, that's where Aristophanes came from. But it's Aristophanes. Yeah. You know what? I'm whatever. Curious. Whatever. Philosophy minor. Whatever. <laughs> but wait, so what what was what was the, like was it blue? I was too lazy. No. To I was just feeling it. So I also thought it was gonna be blue. Um, and then I was like, guys, it's not blue. And they were like, you know, it's not actually gonna be blue. And I'm like, why is it called the super blue moon? Because, you know, it's the second full moon in a month. That's what makes it a blue moon. And it's a super moon. So it's a blue what moon. Is blue? Where's the blue? The coming? blue. So, you know, the saying like once in a blue moon. Yeah, but I thought like, it's that like came from the, the moon option. 
so the blue moon, a blue moon is when there's two full moons in the same month. That's like the blue moon effect, but it's not but actually blue. It, they, they call, call it a blue it. moon. Yeah. I don't know if that's like the mm. Elvis with his, you know, blue moon song. I don't know if that's like what did it for us. I don't know. Right. But then, and then it's a super moon. So they just punch all these words together made super blue moon. And I'm like, right. guys, super confusing yeah. because I'm over here looking at the telescope being like, girls, it's what not blue. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, um, yeah, we know. <laughs> oh my God. I was getting yeah. so much like manifesting. This is the day. This is the yeah. super large. You have to do your manifest. And I was thinking of all the lesbians and like what they would be doing in this moment. <laughs> They're, they literally have been waiting a lifetime to manifest on this day. 100. Like they're, they're trying to conjure up exes. They are trying yeah. to like have new lesbian bars open. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I had to save. Because I was like, if people are manifesting me, I need to like sage it, it away. Yeah. I yeah. Like, no. I like, yeah, I like did my, I put my moon water out and I was like, girl, this is all I can do. But I'm imagining like lesbians everywhere in like, like basically sitting on like their kitchen floor with like a bunch of candles all around them, like kind of just like looking up through their kitchen window. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> just their witchcraftery of of lesbianism. Just full conjuring. Yeah, full fully. Conjuring, yeah. Oh my God. I used uh, to light love candles, but then I realized Yeah, because you can get like these manifestation love candles, but then I manifested my ex and I was like, okay, maybe there's no shortcuts and I just need to like, yeah, (laughs) like there's shortcuts for it. I feel like everything else in life, if you Mm want to get with me, but like doing anything with feelings is a big no, like you're going to fuck yourself. Yeah. I heard like the love is one of the things that you shouldn't mess with when it comes to manifestation. Yeah. It's like, it comes with a price. Yeah. There, and there's always going to be something. It's like, yeah. ask, I always think about this. I'm like, if a genie ever asked me what I wanted one day, how would I word it so that they couldn't like secretly fuck me? Like, mm. Did you ever want that movie? I think it was called Bedazzled or like. I know what movie you're talking about where basically they made, th- they made their wishes and they were like innocent in theory, but then they had like some reverse. Yeah. Some like really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Brendan Fraser. And yeah. 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 Yeah, and this like hot girl, hot old like British woman was playing the devil, and mm-hmm. she's like, "You have these three wishes," and so mm-hmm. he asks to be like the hottest guy that like you know has a killer body and women love him. But then she's like, "All right, here you go." But then you had like a micro PP. Period. Like there's always <laughs> there's always, there's always the pa- like I'm I'm so rich. I've got like everything in the world, but then he ends up being some like crazy drug dealer and gets killed because of I don't know, he's like yeah. Pablo Escobar. Right. There's always a catch. There's always a catch. I would probably maybe I just wish for like Jeff Bezos's money. I don't know. That I way I, like- I take his money, but then I feel but like then, then I'd be on the like- run. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like you'd have that, but then you'd have like all the legal troubles in right. the world, and then I know because then yeah, you're so right. Because like I don't want a, if I if I asked for like a billion dollars, then they would like rob the poor or something. <laughs> they would like do yeah. something so evil. So yeah, there's there's really I'll like, have to think about that. Yeah, really marinate on it. Yeah, marinate for sure. I'd probably maybe I'd just wish for like I'd be like 
I never want to have to um, shave my legs again or something. I mean, that's just called laser hair removal. Right. But then, like, how you can't really mess that up. Like, it's so... What are you going to do? But if it's like they ampu- your legs are amputated. You <gasps> don't have to oh, my God. So right. They always <laughs> find a way. They always yeah. do. Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really dangerous. Why is my eye watering so bad? Um, okay. It's the glow gonna- light. <laughs> I know. It's like me. We're going to do a little, instead of fuck, Mary kill, we're doing fuck, Mary delete. <gasps> and <laughs> zodiac signs. Oh, that I, yeah. Take. And, okay. and if we want to throw an extra thing, cause I know you like know your shit, you can include their big three if you like. Okay. So if you're like, if it's like a Scorpio Venus, whatever. Okay. Okay. Love it. Delete. Zodiac signs. Okay. Do you want me to just go through all of them or are we going yeah. through three right. at a time? Fuck, marry, delete. Which one? <laughs> I'm deleting. I'm deleting Libra. <laughs> wow. Immediate Libra slander. Because I know, but it's just because I've dated so many of them. And I don't want to date any more of them. And if I just delete them, I solve my own problem. Oh my God. I'm so offended. Okay. Wait, why? What is, what is like the worst stuff about Libras for you? So I'm really compatible with Libra because Mm -hmm. the thing I love Libras as friends. Like I love Libra. I have so many Libra friends, like, sorry guys that I'm going to have to delete you all. I mean, it's like, you have to win some to lose some, but I just can't (laughs) suffer anymore. Um, So the thing about Libra is like the reason we're compatible is because they're, they tend to be really charismatic. They tend to be very charming. And I love people like that. I naturally just want to be close to those kinds of people. Um, They admire beauty and like, I love pretty things. They love pretty things like cute. But the thing is that I feel inherent in a Libra psyche is a very subtle narcissism that it's more so that they don't do good because they are good, but they do good because they don't want to appear bad. Mm, there's like another level of perception involved. Yeah, there's another level of perception involved with everything that they do. So it's like when you think about like their motivation for doing things, like with most people, it's pretty straightforward where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I love you. With a Libra, it's like, well... I need to prove that I love them. So therefore I have to do it. And then I'll look like a good partner. So it's like a lot of optics and that extra layer kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, I'm just going to clarify. I'm not like that. I'm (laughs) genuinely a good person. I thought about not saying the air. I thought about not saying, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) I thought about not saying Libra just because you're sitting right here. But I have to be real. I have to be honest. No, um, I, respect, I respect. I thought it. about. I thought about saying Aries because that would be probably my second on the delete option. Yeah. Um, because the thing about an Aries, it's the opposite sign of a Libra. They have the same problems, yeah. but it's like just in a different way. Um, yeah. It's like the inverse of the same problem. Um, I would probably. What is it? Fuck Mary Delete. I would marry a Gemini because I... Interesting. I know. It's a hot take. A lot of people look at me funny. But I love Geminis. I think they're so funny. They're so chatty. They're so witty, lighthearted. 
They're the best to chat with. I 100%. Like my Gemini friends are my favorite friends. Like I, I can, can talk to them about anything for hours. Yeah. And like, I feel like I don't have to carry conversation as much. Like they just, like they're, have you heard about this? And they're really excited to just like share knowledge with you. And yeah. like, I think that's, a, I'm a Gemini Venus. So like, that's like my love language is just like exchanging information. Yeah. So I love that. And they're like, kind of just like a, like, they're kind of floaty in that air sign yeah. way where it's like, nothing's really that deep. And it comes across more so like laid back than anything. Um, but they are very flighty. Yeah. But if I marry them, they can't really be flighty. So I solved that problem. Um, so I actually, da- I, I've dated a couple Geminis, but one that I dated who was married and led the scene of their partner. Oh, I like, yeah. So they, they do take flight. <laughs> they do. Okay. Just a warning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I didn't really have much experience with Gemini's before, other than just mm. friends. Mm. And she was like, she would call me before bed, or literally like three in the morning, in the middle of the night, call me, and I'm like, oh, she's thinking of me, and like we talk for hours. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, we're so connected. Like, this yeah, is like such a vibe. We've like we've really got something special. And then I later realized, like, no, you just like to talk, and like, yeah. We'll- you'll do this with anybody. Yeah. That is part of their, that is part of the thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, is it me? Or like, are you just like this with everyone? Yeah. 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 It's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Um, I would probably fuck. Um, well, it depends because I love a fire, um, Mars. So like a Leo Mars Mm -hmm. and Aries Mars or Sag Mars, like gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe like I think Aries actually I know I said I might delete them but the reason I didn't delete them and I chose Libra over Aries is just because Aries on the fuck level that's everything to me that's everything to me um they are just like little crazy cuckoo crazy girls (laughs) (laughs) like okay Um, yeah they're just like so silly and crazy and I'm like I don't want a relationship with it the idea mm-hmm. of it all but um just for like you know one maybe two times fantastic fair, fair. yeah yeah okay just like, you you have to answer now Nine. yeah i feel you know what i don't know if i can answer this you authentically because i my, my partner is a tourist so i already have to like Oh, so true. Yeah, I'm taken. Sorry. <laughs> well, you can marry a Taurus. You can fuck a Taurus, but who are you deleting? Okay, fair. fair. Yeah. Pisces. Pisces. Pisces, no. Pisces men. Okay. Deleted. Pisces oh. men. Deleted. Oh my god, men were an option. I'm, I, I, it just became an option. I don't oh know. Oh my Pisces god, men okay, take Libra women back. Libra men are just as bad. The, if I could delete men. Oh my god, that changes everything. I'm taking off Virgo men. Fair, okay. Yeah, Why? that's just period. Um, Libra women can stay. <laughs> Virgo men are so annoying. I Why? love Virgo. I love Virgo so mm-hmm. much. It's like one of my favorite signs. But Virgo men, when a Virgo woman explains something to me, I'm like so sexy. Yes. Love it keep explaining things to me Mm -hmm. when a Virgo man does it it feels like I'm 
he's treating me like I'm a six-year-old who doesn't know why the sky is blue. It's just like the ultimate mansplain. It's just the mansplaining. And then it's just like this arrogance that comes with it that really is so icky and disgusting. Um, Okay, anyway, you were saying Pisces men. Yeah, so definitely Pisces men. And I think... I have one friend who's Sagittarius, female friend, love her, but everybody else. I don't like Sagittarius as much either. It's just, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really, they're difficult. Yeah. They take, a, they take a lot of work. Yeah. And I also like dated one that was a full con artist, like lied about everything in their life. And I feel like I've Ooh. told you the story. I must Yeah. Have. I, I think you've told me this story. Yeah, chaotic. They were such. Yeah. So I'm like, I think, mm, I think I could maybe do without that. Yeah, I feel like the the worst quality of a Sag is that they're really image conscious, and I feel like they'll go to great lengths to protect the version of themselves that they want to portray, which often can come out in like lying. I could definitely see that. Yeah. 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 They're like, that, this is who I am. Like- Let me prove it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the insecurities are on like another level and 100 when they can't keep the lie up the insecurity takes over and it's like whoa yuck yeah yeah true you actually started or when I first came across you yeah it was it was a mixture of like language content and, uh-huh. then, and then I think you started doing like astrology gay stuff after but yeah. I was like you, how many languages do you speak um, at present, I speak five fluently, but I can like be conversational in like seven on a good yeah. day eight. Yeah. Why? Like, well, why? I love it. <laughs> like, why why would do? you do that? Um, so I've always like, actually, that's a lie. When I was younger, um, so I, my first language is Japanese and mm-hmm. I was always speaking Japanese and whatever that happened. In high school, um, the option to learn Spanish was on the table, but I was like, oh, I'm bad at languages. Like, I just don't know. So I took Japanese in high school. And I always thought I was one of those people who was just like bad at languages. But then when I got to college, um, I met this girl who spoke French and she and I would ride the bus together to go downtown to go to work. And so I would teach her some Japanese and then she would teach me some French. And I actually just really enjoyed like learning that way, like through talking to people. So when um, I just became obsessed, like I, I just get like this, like this is just my personality where if I start to like something, I can't just like like it a little, like I just get super yeah. obsessed with it. So I got really obsessed with French. I took a bunch of grammar, grammar books and I was just like studying, yes. studying, studying. I studied pretty much, I would say like four hours a day for like, I don't know, four years oh my God. French. And, like, I went to school in France, and, like, I was just around people getting to practice my French. And that was how the French thing happened. Meanwhile, in the si- on, the side- on the side burner is I was dating a German person, and I wanted to learn German because I wanted to – I saw myself living in Germany, and I didn't want to be one of those foreign people who don't speak the language. So I started yeah. learning German. And because my partner spoke German, it kind of felt like I wanted to – I was, we were both meeting in our second language. So I wanted to meet them in their first language because there's like this, I don't know if it's like in the polyglot community, but they were saying like, if you speak to someone in their second language, you're speaking to their head. If you speak to someone in their first language, you're speaking to their heart. And I wanted to like really know my partner in that way. So I learned German and I actually just really loved it. I loved, I, I still love the, 
German language. I think it's underrated. A lot of people think it sounds gross, but like, I think it sounds really nice. And then I learned Esperanto because afterwards, um, I just was like, okay, actually I'm pretty good at learning languages. Let's just like learn something Wait, crazy. What, what is that one? <laughs> Esperanto. So it's a language that was invented in the 1890s by this Polish guy who wanted to create a language to unite Europe. And it's like an amalgamation of a different, a bunch of different languages. So you have like French, um, or it's like, I think it's 80% Latin, 10% Germanic, 9% Slavic, and like 1% like kind of randomly assorted from other languages. Like for example, um, the word for chopsticks in Japanese is hashi and Esperanto is also ohashi. So it's like this, they borrow a bunch of words from a bunch of different languages. And that was really fun to learn because it taught me a lot about how to approach learning languages because it's so grammatically regular that I was mm -hmm. able to kind of like be like, oh, okay, well, here's how I can look at regular grammar and then apply it to learning irregular grammar, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I started learning Portuguese and then I started learning, um, Ukrainian and Ukrainian? yeah, you, <laughs> and like you really like picked the the like yeah. I wanted Italian ones in the state. Yeah, I tried yeah. learning Italian for a few months, but it didn't stick. I didn't get like that obsessed. Um, mm. like ooh, I gotta learn it. So I kind of I've done that with a bunch of different languages. I recently tried to pick up learning Korean, but I just don't think I'm in like a language era right now. And that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I would learn, like, I speak Farsi fluently mm -hmm. and English and, like, a fucking tiny crumb of French. But, and my partner, she doesn't speak Spanish, but her whole family does. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, I feel like we need to learn an additional language that's, like, a bit more niche. Yeah. So we can have private conversations. 100%. Like, yeah. I really, I being in LA speaking Farsi, like chances are somebody's going to understand what you say. So I still yeah. have to be like low key if I'm talking shit with my dad, but <laughs> we have to like whisper. He's so real. Yeah. Somebody's going to yeah. hear it. But I really, yeah. I'm like, I want to know some, something niche. Yeah. I mean, Esperanto is like as niche as it gets. It's also like the easiest mm -hmm. language in the world to learn. So like you can, I learned how to speak it fluently in three months, studying two hours a day. So like, <laughs> literally learn it no one's gonna know what the hell you're saying it's so grammatically regular that like it, it's um it's kind of hard to fuck up once you know what's going on um yeah it's super super easy um there's a very active facebook community it's the only reason why i use facebook is to talk to my esperanto speakers um but yeah i feel like the same because my mom and i speak japanese to each other and my mom lives in hawaii and everyone in Hawaii speaks Japanese, so we don't even have a secret language anymore. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You have to yeah. like really, you have to be really careful about it. Yeah. yeah. Has yeah. that helped you? I mean, I feel like learning languages really, you use a certain part of your brain, mm. like a certain muscle gets going in that yeah. area. Do you feel like that's helped anything else in your life? Mm, I feel like, so my main, like, I would say my trade, if you will, like my skill set that I've applied myself the most in my life is probably writing. And um, it helps me when I'm writing because I'm thinking through the perspective of multiple different languages because ling mm. English is very limited in the way that we can express ourselves because it's a very direct language. Even when we speak in like metaphor or when we, we read, there is a lot of beautiful American poetry or like English mm. poetry, but it the way that we in other languages have to kind of go around the point a little bit more and there's different words yeah. 
that kind of encapsulate different things that just don't exist in English. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it helps you think about a different way to say things oftentimes. Like there's just so many different, more creative ways to write the same thought. And mm-hmm. so in a lot of the times when I'm like just going through my life, I feel like sometimes when I'm trying to describe how I'm feeling to myself in my head, sometimes a word from a different language will pop in there. And I'm like, yeah. there's really no way to like say this in in English. So yeah, I kind of just sit yeah. with that emotion by myself. You know? I get like that with Farsi all the time. Like there's certain mm. words that I'm like, anytime I see my cat, my cats do something, mm. I'm like, there's so many Farsi words that really like describe this so well or yeah. something a kid's doing or just a- literally anything. There's yeah. certain words that like, it's one word that means so much. Right. And you would have to take a full paragraph. 100%. In English. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. One thing in like Japanese is we use a lot of like onomatopoeia, mm-hmm. but it just like as just, you know, adjectives. So like, for example, pika pika is like, it is what it sounds like. It's like a, like light that's kind of flashing. Like pika pika is like shiny, mm-hmm. but like it, shiny doesn't really feel like what it really means, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm like reducing the language into something that English can make out of it. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's a good way to think about how English is kind of reductive sometimes when you're trying to elaborate on something like a very complex emotion that other languages have a name for, but we just kind of said, you know, this is good enough. <laughs> yeah. But that's really interesting. I actually wanted to learn Farsi at some point. It's so it's... fun. We have so many French words, like borrowed yeah. French words, like a ton. Yeah. And I know a lot of, like a bunch of my family members studied in France, like for oh. medical school or college. Like it's, it's, especially back in the day, it was like very common to go to school. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that why. That is super interesting. I don't know how that happened because like yeah. Persian culture has been around since like way like the antithesis or it's like the like the antiquity it's just been just there yeah like mad bc like yeah i don't know we put mesopotamia yeah like Persian yeah Empire, have you heard of it so for all of your little like gay bits that yeah. you do on yeah. TikTok, which are hilarious like when you started doing you started doing like gay astrology vibes but yeah. then you started doing this like bougie Blair Waldorf-esque yeah. lesbian parental situation yeah and then the like gay Airbnb or not Airbnb what am I yeah about? gay that BNB yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all of that like where where did that come from <laughs> so with the lesbian parent it's funny that you bring up Blair Waldorf because I was watching Gossip Girl at the time when I made that video for the first time and I rewatched Gossip Girl like Every other like Gen Z millennial husband, um, I've watched it probably eight, nine, ten times, like in full. And it was probably like my ninth watch through. And um, I feel <laughs> this might be like a really hot take because I know a lot of people have a lot to say about the writing, but the way that they write these characters specifically is genius. It is just, it's yeah. a stroke of genius. Like they are so well written, the characters are in terms of like the way that they speak. They have such a perfect character wrapped around like it's a full yeah. person like Blair yeah. speaks in a certain way you know what if you heard anyone say a Blair like sentence you'd be like that's a Blair yeah. right there you know yeah. and so taking inspiration actually from Blair is specifically who I pulled a lot of inspiration from um and at the time too I was playing um Nintendo 64 Donkey Kong and <laughs> so 
it was like just what a what a combination. And so I it was improving that video and I didn't even want to post it. I just wanted to improv something. So I just kind of set my camera up, improved it, and then I was like, mm, it's kind of funny, let's post it. Um but that's literally how it came about. And I didn't even know like what would happen. And I posted it and I got off the app and then I like w- went to sleep or whatever I did. And then I reopened it and it had like 14 million views. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. but then people really wanted more of that kind of stuff. And then I kind of put it together later that like, I feel like there's just such a lack of representation, even on social media, like of just like lesbian people and like our culture is so enigmatic to people who aren't a part of it. And like, there's so many crazy, silly things that we do that Mm -hmm. it's like almost gatekept by our community because we're so mysterious to society. (laughs) Um, And like, I didn't even to the extent that even I didn't know that this is what this was normal. Like the things that I felt or the way that I was acting, I didn't know it was relatable at all because I thought this is just like who I am, but it turns out I'm unoriginal. And like, there's so many people who are like, Oh my God, this is not me. And I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah. And then with the BNB character, like I always wanted to have a BNB. Like that was just like a dream of mine since I was young. And like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of just for myself be like, okay, what would it be like if I had one? Yeah. And if I ran the front desk, because I just wanted this like really cunty, gorgeous B&B kind of <laughs> thing going on. And I was like, if I had infinite budget and if I could do things to the extent of my imagination, like what would this experience be like? What like what would I want? Um, and apparently a lot of other lesbians want it. And again, here I am being unoriginal and having everyone else's dreams. So. <laughs> it's like it's so funny, though, because all of those things are like yeah maybe everybody or not everybody be like a lot of people can relate to it but it's like nobody's put that stuff to words before yeah haven't had like if we could have a snl skit or an snl type show that was only for lesbians yeah that would be in there or if we had precisely and it was just like lesbian gossip girl oh my god so yeah literally like and And we don't get those we don't get those things like I want like a really like the last I mean we had the L word and so it's like that was like our last like trashy like sitcom-y type show we had but I'm like I want upper east side lesbians who are trying to ruin each other's lives yeah like I want and it's like and I feel like and here's my qualm with like where representation is where it's at right now is like I feel like normalization which is like a buzzword is like I feel that to normalize things we can't accentuate or rely on someone's sexual identity to be a driving force or motivation for a character's actions Mm -hmm. like if you are dependent on that character being a lesbian for the purpose of their story like then you're not humanizing them enough like they need to be people who are doing normal things and it happens to be that they're a lesbian and that's more meaningful to me because I feel like the otherness or like the extraordinariness of like having it like a sexually different orientation than like say hetero because that's so different to society I feel like we look at it as like a something that needs to be explained but straightness is never something that's explained. It's just understood. But because we've right. seen so many things where it's like, it's no question like, oh yeah, that's just how, that's just what's going on. Whereas with gay people and gay TV and gay movies, I feel like there's so much emphasis on being like, this is a gay person. Okay. Yeah. Here's their story. And here's why you should see them as human. 
where it's like meaningful representation in my eyes is like having just people who happen to have a sexual identity that is not straight existing and just showing like their life. And I feel like that's part of what like the lesbian parent and like the B&B where I was thinking like, I just want to show these lesbian characters having just like a normal time like even like lesbian parents like outside of like maybe the l word and a few movies here and there like you don't really see like what that dynamic even looks like like i don't even know any lesbians who have kids so i'm just imagining what i would be like as a parent or like what Mm -hmm. the most extreme version of myself would be like Mm -hmm. as a parent and um i feel like that's even why the video did well is because that was such a a peek into something that we don't really see totally we have like I feel like if anything in media, we have either very far removed parents where it's just like, oh, they have two moms and like that's not explored. Right. Or it's if there's anything which like I can't even think of it, but I'm sure this exists out there. It's a little bit more like granola, flannel. Yeah. Type lesbian. Parents. 100. And, and yeah. that's it. And it really yeah. sticks on the stereotype. And that kind of falls into like, I just, I just posted something. I was just thinking about Che Diaz because I like horrendous. Have you watched the new Sex and the City? And so what's it called? And just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it. One of my friends watched the first episode and then told me not to watch it. You have to watch it. It's camp. Like it's, you have to watch it, but it's it's so, yeah. Like I'm an OG Sex and the City yeah and i was like i have to watch it even if i don't love what's happening yeah here. that's how i thought about the gossip girl reboot yeah i pushed <laughs> i pushed through it it didn't i pushed through it no yeah but this one they have shay diaz is played by sarah ramirez mm-hmm. who was like a doctor on Grey's anatomy back in the day and now they yeah. like they came out as non-binary and they're playing this non-binary character that is miranda's oh. love interest because miranda's the, as yeah. the actress she's a lesbian in real life and was like mm-hmm. i want to you know like have my storyline as miranda reflect mm-hmm. who i really am so they plop che in and che's whole thing which it's written so poorly there's stand-up they're a stand-up comedian and their whole bit is th- that they're non-binary and everything about being non-binary and it's like people not understanding being non-binary in their real life and then the relationship stuff and it's like it's so it's just done in such a way that feels so like tokenizy and cool 100 like we want to check off a box that we got a non-binary character so right let's talk about how non-binary they are yeah Yeah. it's like if it's like if a cishet person wrote a non-binary character yeah it's it's very much that I, I feel like I totally get that. And I feel like when I was on reality TV, um, when everyone else got like, um, hi, my name is so-and-so and like, I work in blah, blah, blah. My mm-hmm. intro was, my name is Hina. I'm non-binary. Like as my job, like it was like a whole identifier where it's yeah. like that. And I feel like that's what people think representation is. Whereas I feel like representation, it's like, if you just saw two people, a non-binary person and a non, and a, like a cisgendered person having a conversation and they start referring to the non-binary person using their pronouns that they prefer and just not even talking about a non-binary experience, but just being like, just, and I feel like this is like yeah. just the key in writing is like show, don't tell. Like we don't need yeah. to tell everything about the character let's reveal it slowly and in a meaningful way because you're not doing 
anyone justice by ex- over explaining because I also feel like that turns people off who are not open-minded yeah. to understanding what the experience really is because you're like oh this is different I don't really get it I don't whatever whereas yeah. if you just do it slowly over time like even like stories about adoption like back in the day when people weren't adopting all the time it was like this like super phenomenalized thing when it's like it's so normal just to adopt a kid like it's not this like tragic story about this kid who you know what I mean and then like there's so many happy stories about adoption and it's like we don't need to traumatize a story to make it worth something like and I feel like that's just the queer experience in general and how it's been portrayed is like it's it's rooted in trauma and that's how we tell it where it's there's so many stories of queer joy that don't have to be you know exploited in that way totally there's actually the the reboot of pretty little liars Mm -hmm. one of my friends is on it yeah and he plays this character oh jordan yeah Yeah, jordan yeah so actually i had him on this show um like earlier this year so if anyone hasn't seen that episode go watch it jordan go watch it but so jordan plays this character who is a trans high school boy it, the way it's written, I'm like, please, can everyone take note? This is how to do representation in a really yeah. way. Because even for the first few episodes, it's not even mentioned that That's he's trans. Period. It's not mentioned at all. And then it's come, it just comes up really organically in a conversation. Yeah. And at one point he's explaining like how chill his his mom was when he came out and like how how it was no it wasn't like this big deal yeah, yeah that's amazing it wasn't a storyline it wasn't this big like focal thing it just they had a normal high school boyfriend girlfriend love experience yeah and one of them just happened to be a trans dude and and that's like and I feel like that's what we need to be doing like that yeah. is exactly just like make it normal like why are we yeah. trying to make it so crazy yeah, like, like you're making it weird. You're making it so weird. Even as like a queer person watching it, I'm like, this is getting weird, you guys. It's cringy. Like this it's cringe. Uh, the um, Sex and the City spinoff, whatever. I'm so. I mean, spoiler in case anyone gives a shit about the show and watches it or whatever. Um, so Miranda and Shay, like, they're an item, and then they end up breaking up. And I was like, thank God, because if I have <laughs> one more, one more bit about non-binary. <laughs> One more bit about non-binary, one more bit about, like, Miranda trying to figure out, like, what is the strap-on harness? Whoa. Oh, my like, God, not this. <laughs> so many comments. I, I literally was like, what is that onesie cat toy? Like, that's not even a thing. Like, this is so overdone. Yeah. And it was so cringy that everyone yeah. I know was just like, ugh. Yeah. But, oh, that, that's what I was even thinking of. So I um, I just posted this thing on on uh, Instagram of, like, with a little poll. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have to pick one couple that you are going to share a house with for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Choose wisely. And it was Jenny Schechter and Shane from The L Word or Shay and Miranda. And, and people I'm pick like, Jenny. Did people pick Jenny and Shane over? Is that how bad it is? Let's check. Let's yeah, check, let's check, check the result. Because, literally, because literally, if, if, they, if more people choose Jenny and Shane, then that's how you know it's really bad. So, like, 65% said Jenny, Jenny and Shane. <gasps> That's how bad. That's how bad. That's really bad. <laughs> That's really bad. You would, I mean, it, if it's between, like, dying and sharing a house with, like, Shane and Jenny, that's probably the only extreme because my will to live is pretty high these days. That's probably the only 
extreme in which I would choose living with them. That's crazy. Yeah, it's real. Like you have you have to at least like watch it so you understand how heinous. Yeah, how truly heinous. But I do really wish that. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that we have so many creators like yourself and so many people who are doing the work to have more accurate representation and more diverse representation in media. Yeah, likewise. We need something. We need something, girls. Yeah. We literally need something. We're hungry. Like we're and I feel like even with like my favorite um lesbian movie of all time is The Handmaiden. Like it's just same. It's everything. It's so good because one, (sighs) the word lesbian is not dare uttered. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just it, it's like obviously the shit's gay yeah the girls aren't like oh my god are we gay like they're just like falling they're just, in love and you're yeah. like period and they, it's not tragic inherently that's what i yeah that's it's what like i the love one about. movie because like even portrait related on fire like i hate the idea of like i know it's like the, the time but it's fiction girls we can yeah, make shit we- up like it's we fiction. don't have to end so tragically. So tragically, yeah. Like they did give us like you know one of the most iconic you know scenes with the Vivaldi violins, but I'm like, listen, I can't be doing this. Okay, yeah. like, can we make a movie with a happy lesbian ending? Because I'm sick. Yeah, I can't like I can't weep and be like, well, she ended up with a man. Darn. Like I'm sick I- of it. Come on. But yeah, Come I mean, the ending of that. I was like screeching in the Same. theater. Like, yes. Thank I was, you. I was literally like, I felt like I was like at mass. Like I was literally <laughs> like hands up, like, <laughs> like hallelujah. Ugh. That was, it's so good. And it's beautifully shot. And like, I love the outfits. Yeah. I love the set design. <sighs> Stunning, gorgeous. The books, the scene in the fucking library. Oh no. my God. I'm going to watch it after. Probably. I know, same. I haven't watched it in like a year. I'm yeah, very, same. I'm a little overdue. Same, yeah. Same, same. I'm curious too, because like by doing all of this content and, and these different characters and these different bits that you're giving to people who maybe just they've never seen any anything mm. that, I don't know, represents them or that they vibe with. Has there been any part of it that's kind of cathartic for you? Or like, ha- has that been a thing yeah I mean just like on a personal level it feels really good to express myself in a way that feels really like removed from how I normally express myself because contrary to like a persona I typically play online I'm not that over the top Mm -hmm. and but I am a very dramatic person (laughs) so it's really fun to like just have a space where I can just go crazy And like I said, like writing is the only thing that I've really spent my life doing. So telling stories and making stories and having people resonate with the stories is like precisely my life's greatest joy. Like that is what I want to do with my life. And so in that way, it feels like a giant release, very cathartic in that way. But I also feel like the limitation of being a social media person, which is, it's never what I like intended or set out to do. Like I never was like, I'm going to be a TikTok. Like that's never what the plan was. Mm. I wanted to pursue writing as like a genuine career and I wanted to tell stories and I still want to. So, but being pigeonholed into being like an online personality is kind of limiting in that like people 
don't take you as seriously because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you just kind of do stuff on an app where it's like, no, I swear to God, I've been like working on this skill set my entire life. Like, no, I, I have good ideas. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, I have a story that I feel like, you know, and it's, it's kind of frustrating in that way. Cause I feel like for some reason, the idea of like a social media person kind of diminishes credibility in rooms where the the stories that we are telling on social media need to be told. And you of all people have the experience and the storytelling skill, but it's like, oh, well, you're not, you know, this, that, or the other. Right. Um, so the biggest thing that I feel like I've faced in terms of trying to like expand myself is like feeling limited by what I'm known for Mm. and that in kind of just like the broadness of that you know I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that exact sentiment of being limited by what you're known for yeah and it's so hard to kind of break past those perceptions and expectations that others may have of you especially if you don't have a really like intense confidence and ambition that overpowers any self-doubt or any of the negativity somebody might throw at you Mm -hmm. in a judgmental moment so how do you like how do you not let that get the best of you well I feel like I have to remember that well I compartmentalize like this is my job and this is what Mm -hmm. I have to do And I feel like my dream is still like, I want to be about a New York Times bestselling author. It's been my dream since I was literally five. So this is like the one thing that I really want to do with my life. And because I love it and because I want it so bad, um, it actually doesn't matter to me because I've changed the way that I've thought about writing is like, this is what you care about. This is what you love. And it doesn't even matter if people like what you write. It doesn't even matter um, if people even resonate with it. But it's just something that feels really personal to myself. And like, I am going to publish and I'm not going to keep it like a private art form. But this is the one thing that I'll let myself not feel the weight of judgment by. Um, Because I feel like everyone, to express yourself or to be like an artist in any capacity requires bravery and it requires a leap of you know, faith into the void of judgment and all these things. And I feel like inherently art is a protest of being confined as a person because if art is, is greater than yourself. It's the only thing that lasts after, you know, you're gone. And so in order to have that, it's like the cost weight, right? Like in order to have that, you have to be incredibly brave, but the payoff is so much greater than, um, you know, a little bit of fear. So I feel kind of, just in general, um, I think compartmentalizing different aspects of myself helps me combat a lot of the things that I feel. It's almost like different pieces of myself, like different whole people. There's like the person who I am when I'm writing and then the person that I am when I'm performing for work. And I'm sure a lot of people have that where it's like, you know, you clock in and you're like, hi, what can I do for you today? And then, you know, you clock out and you're like, hey, bitch, what's up? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people end up having to clock in for different, even if it's not just work, they're clocking yeah. in for who they are performing that day and who they're around. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. it's like, like code switching vibes. Yeah. Maybe it's just a, 
I want to be this person and I can only be this person around these people. Yeah. But it's, it's really so helpful to have that, that ability to do that and take advantage Mm -hmm. of that. And that's definitely a skill to develop and giving yourself the permission Mm. to be free and, you know, be this version of yourself that you really want to be or really are in the spaces that you can, like, even if it's for five minutes, five minutes, yeah. (laughs) Giving yourself that, that bit of time to just like, do you. Yeah. And I feel like everyone, like, regardless of what that looks like for you needs that, like, whether that be like, you know, the five minutes that you're making yourself coffee in the morning, exactly how you like it. Whether that be, you know, um, maybe your your hobbies, like you like to crochet and like in that moment, you're just sitting there crocheting and nothing else in the world is going to bother you because you're just in your own little space, in your own little zone, doing your own little thing. Um, and I feel like, especially with like the age of social media, I feel like there's a lot of like this impulsive need to almost overperform everything you're doing in your life for some form of like validation or some form of like proof of like, I'm doing something like what I, you know what I mean? I'm applying myself Mm -hmm. and it's the same reason why we like go on social media. It's like a form of escapism. We're also trying to escape from our actual life because we are putting ourselves on there so much that it's like we we're performing even then. And it's so Mm -hmm. integrated into our lives in the way that we like just move through our day. It's like, Oh, here's my breakfast. Here's my blah, blah, blah. Um, Whereas I feel like, when you when you compartmentalize you can assign and give permission more intentionally for when you show up in certain spaces because for example like it's not even an impulse for me to post anything that i'm doing ever <laughs> like i never think about it um and that's been really healthy for me because I feel like I'm not performing as much when I clock out. Right. But you know what I mean? It's just like the excessive need to perform all the time mm-hmm. kind of strips you of like your own self because you really yeah. never get you those moments. Present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many people yeah. are like, they're taking pictures of their food before they eat it. Yeah. Make sure everything, like they can't just be in a moment. Yeah. And that's and so like, Yeah. It's like, and I don't want to sound like a boomer or anything like that. Like take your pick, like live your life, but also like be intentional about it. Like maybe, you know, not every time, like maybe be like, I just want to actually enjoy this with you or enjoy it with myself. Um, you know, it's, we, we don't need to be doing all that all the time. Yeah. Just like enjoy you know, it's like, it's just like how I don't have many pictures with some of my closest friends. Period. Same. Because I'm like, I'm with you. I'm in it. Like my yeah. family is there. Like I'm not, you know, it's, I'm engaged with right. just the vibe and that's it. Nothing else needs to come in and interrupt that or the vibe 100% all the time. Right. Um, or you, you just like forget because you're just yeah. so there. You're just like, I'm not even thinking about taking a pic with you. Yeah, yeah, like whenever it's my friend's birthday, I'm like trying to find like a picture to be like, oh my god, look at this, look at this yeah. picture of us. And I'm like, girl, we have one picture together <laughs> from like 2018. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of that's how you know. That's how yeah. you know certain people are like. You the connect. less photos you have with them, the closer you are. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unless they're your partner, and then that's something different. True. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely science to that. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a question for you that I ask everybody, and it's okay. kind of, I guess it falls into the same realm of like escapism. But if you could have your dream creative zone, this is literally like nothing physics science like nothing matters you could be on the moon in the water like whatever can be in there no rules what would that look like okay i would want to live or i'd want to work i'd want like a super high ceiling i'm talking like 16 18 foot ceilings Mm -hmm. um and i'm in basically a glass apartment like there's like a sunken living room and like my desk is somewhere in that mix it's like all like no full walls it's all kind of just like half walls and everything's kind of Mm see-through overlooking and it's also nighttime okay it's like 2 a.m the moon's out you can see it through the window um I'm like on maybe the 53rd floor and there is an entire city all around it but it's a city we're in the year 2130 um And it's, like, basically imagine, like, Shibuya, like, Tokyo, like, super neon lights everywhere. Like, there's, like, flying cars all around. It's kind of, like, sci-fi, like, very, like, cyberpunk, like, you know, like, that synth wave type of vibe. And there's, like, a hum in the background of, like, just the flying cars, like, that hovering sound, like, you know, like, that kind of thing. It's kind Uh of all around. And then Uh there's, like, ambient music in the background. And I have, like, a fountain that's also just, like, behind me somewhere. And my kitchen's, like, gorgeous. I have, like, a floating counter back there. Um, And, yeah, and I have, like, this, like, robot that comes and, like, gives me a drink every 30 minutes so I can keep writing. Mm. And I have an appointment in, like, three hours at, like, 5 a.m. with, like, my Live Forever specialist who's, like, helping me, like, stay young at 100 and something years old. Um, Yeah. 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 That would probably be my creative workspace. (laughs) Honestly, like, I'm going to time travel because I need to see that. Yeah. I'm pretty modeling it, actually. Like, that's a place that actually exists in my universe that I'm writing in my book. Okay. I was like, this is very detailed. I feel like you've thought about it. Yeah. I have thought about it. I want to be there. Okay, and then I have one last question. I need you to pick a number one through ten because I have um, really fucking random questions. Seven. Seven. Let me scroll through here. If you were the ruler of the world, who would be your top advisor? (laughs) Let me just take that in. My top advisor... I have, like, a couple of contenders. Um, I have, like, a cabinet um, that I, like, just thought about. Um, Greta Thunberg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, That's like, teenage one. environmentalist. Yeah. Because she her. has points. Like, yeah. we need her. And she, um, like, doesn't fuck. She's out there. No, like, she's, like, out there. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like she has, like, really good ideas. Um, Bernie is in my cabinet because, like, I just want to give him his, like, his shot. You know, I like oh, need Bernie's Yeah, I need, I need his moment. Yeah. Um, I would also have Lady Gaga as, like, my, like, just there to kind of, like, be just, like, there. Um, moral support. Moral support. And also, like, she would have a lot of good ideas for integrating, like, queers more healthily into society. Mm-hmm. And she would have, like, a lot of, like, social ideas, I feel. Yeah. Um, 
And then for like world domination sake, I feel like I need like a Beyonce or Shakira type beat in my cabinet because okay. like from a PR perspective, like then I have a lot of credibility because like Beyonce and or Shakira or like Rihanna, they are like on my team. Like they want the world to be a better place. Maybe I'd yeah. have Rihanna as like my financial person, like or Beyonce, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's like the secretary of treasury. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Wow, I feel like I over answered your question, but it's no, a mix. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm like, I'm very amazing. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Yeah. Are we saying goodbye soon? We're, we're about to wrap it up. Do you have any last bits of wisdom since you are almost an elder like me? <laughs> since I'm approaching 30. Um, I actually have a question for you because one thing that a lot of people may not know about Lauren's impact is that um, as a, like, as a 20 something gay, having a gay like you in my life is so critical and so important because you have such rich queer experiences that were happening during the queer renaissance i.e the 2000s 2010s like that is so imperative um and it's a lot of experience that maybe other queer people can benefit from hearing about so if you from your own queer experience had a piece of advice for new gays or young gays what would you say that's hard because there's so much. There's could, so many. I could literally write a book. I'm like, uh, you should. Advice related to what? What facet? I guess with like with dating, it would be heads up. You're gonna feel a lot, and just because you feel a lot doesn't mean the person is right. So, so true. <laughs> don't. Oh my god, doggy cameo. Hi Yoshi. Oh um, Yoshi. So don't rush to settle down with somebody just because you've got a lot of intense feelings like really like vet vet it out vet it out yeah. first. like give it a few months to really know I think that's one for sure and then related to coming out stuff I've mentioned this many times but it can't be overstated if somebody you love and care about family, friend, whatever, is not immediately ecstatic about you sharing who you are with them. That's okay, because a lot of people really do come around. And I think being a bit more understanding about why somebody might need a minute to come to terms, because they have a whole life of beliefs and things that they've really constructed in their head that they need to take down. And that takes a minute sometimes. So don't let that crush your soul because that's their work they need to do. And it's not anything about you being not worthy, not good enough or a problem. It's their shit. They'll deal with it. Just give them a minute. And God, what else? I can't even, I feel like there's, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, I feel like that, especially like the dating advice, I needed that even like a year ago. (laughs) Oh, actually, I have an, I have another good dating one that I've had. I've given this advice to one of my like much younger friends. She's she's been in situationships, mm-hmm. and she's like, I've told the girl I don't like want anything serious with her, but she has feelings for me. She wants something more, and she said it's fine if we just like hook up. 
but I know she has feelings and she knows I don't. And I was like, mm. that's not going to end well. Right. It has it. And this is like science. And she said, yeah. Yeah, just, you were right to the fucking day. Yeah. You get a month when something's not right with somebody. If you are not on the same page, you have a month of things feel really good. People are maybe on good behavior or like we've just reconnected after a fight. It feels fine. Once you start approaching that one month mark, all the like good behavior facade shit comes down. So like, just know you have an expiration date. 100%. Yeah. I never really thought about it in like the one month timeline, but I'm thinking about all my past experiences and I'm like, you are so right. It's a month. It's a month every time. And I feel like one thing that like bouncing off of that, that you cannot overstate is that when you and someone else have are not going to the same place in life, like your goals and values do not align in that way, it, they never will. Yeah. You cannot force or make someone want what you want out of life. Like it has to be something intrinsic to like what they want, and what they need, because there is going to be someone who aligns with you to an extent where it's like you're not compromising as much of your life. Yeah. And... I feel like no matter what, if you're not going to align, you're just not going to align and you're not going to be going to the same place. And it's always going to end. Totally. Tragically. There yeah. could be some detours involved. Like, but if, if at the end of the day, you're like, I don't know, two airplanes or two missiles that have yeah. your programmed in, maybe you can like ride next to each other for a while. Right. Detours off your path to go on theirs. But eventually you can't yeah. change. You just yeah, like if one of you it. wants kids and the other one doesn't, yeah. chances are they're, you're not going to agree at one point, okay, fine, we can have kids. Like it needs to be like with big life things you are like, oh, I want to move to, you know, I don't know, like Argentina and your partner doesn't want to move to Argentina. Like, girl, they're never going to move to Argentina for you. Or if they do, if they yeah. do, if they do like final have kids, final move, final. It's resentment. It, even worse. Like, yeah, that's worse. up. It's going yeah. to be fucking. It's giving divorce. Messy. Messy. All your life savings. Goodbye. Like, get ready. Period. Yeah, um, that's, that's it. That's my other advice. Everybody needs a prenup. I don't know why. That's like one of the first like, things you ever told me. <laughs> I just I feel like people don't talk about this enough. It has such a bad yeah. rep. I'm like, this is great for everybody. You get to negotiate whatever you want. You get. To yeah, be like, it's a custom what? contract. Yeah. Do you want your own custom version or the one or that the government The government. Ew, you can't trust you don't like her? No. Yeah. When has the government ever had our best interest in mind? No. Never. No. <laughs> DIY. Never. DIY. You have your own contract. It's just and that's just a learn being a DIY queen. I've really, I've really been. Rebrand. <laughs> yeah. Rebrand <laughs> as a DIY girl. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like the amount of stuff I'm constantly doing around. Like I bought new cat furniture and I was like, well, the wood needs to match all of the wood in my house. Shut up. So you redid the wood? Yeah. Fully. Like, you like stained it? Yeah. Fully restained Honestly, and stained the wood. I know. And I was like, behavior. yeah, I really outdid myself that time. I just thought of like this thing that you need to do. Um, you should ask people even on your podcast. <laughs> you need to ask them. Um, okay. You're, you're writing up your prenup. What's your most controversial addition to your prenup? Or you should make a TikTok series called My Dream Prenup. And you should just talk about the things that you're adding to your prenup. Because that's that's tea. That's funny. That's funny. There's, so, there's so much specific shit you can put in. There's so many things in there. 
Like you could literally put in, you have to like buy me a chocolate bar once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, I get to take it's, your entire And I get, to, yeah, I get to get a divorce. No yeah. problem. Yeah. yeah. That's actually so really funny. something to think about. <laughs> well, on that note, we, <laughs> let's wrap this bitch up. Thank you Period. so much for doing this. This is so fun. Oh, my God. This is so fun. I feel like we were just having a talk. I know. <laughs> I, like, I forgot we were recording it. Then we just on FaceTime at some point. <laughs> <laughs>